Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The story recorded in the book of Esther is for the keeping of the lineage of the genealogy of Christ through the survival of Israel in their captivity that Christ might be brought into the human race. If all the Jews had been destroyed during the time of Esther, which was what Satan's plot was, then there would have been no lineage of Christ's genealogy for Christ to be brought into humanity. We've come to the life study of Esther today, the second program from the life study of Esther. This is Matt Miller with Dennis Agashi. Dennis, thanks for coming by the studio for today's life study, which is really a great one. Oh, I agree, Matt. I'm looking forward to having our time of conversation together. Dennis, we've really got a lot of ground to cover Mm -hmm, in today's mm -hmm. program. Yes. Uh, Witness Lee's emphasis in the life study of Esther is really on the intrinsic significance, showing that the story of the book of Esther is to keep a people for the possessing of the Holy Land Mm -hmm. for the coming kingdom of Christ. Okay. There's a lot of things in Esther that most people have never seen. But what I'd like to do is, before we get into the intrinsic deeper meaning. Let's talk a little bit before we go to the program about just the story of Esther. It starts out in the third year of the reign of King Ahasuerus that his Vashti, his wife, the queen, would not come out at the end of a long uh, celebration the king was having. If I recall, that was a six-month celebration, wasn't it? Amazing, isn't it? In front of all the nobles and all the important ones of the land. And it's important to know the size of his kingdom. Mm. His kingdom was a vast kingdom. And Esther chapter 1, verse 1 says, Now in the days of Ahasuerus, this is the Ahasuerus who reigned from India to Ethiopia over 100 27 provinces, an incredibly large kingdom, and he's celebrating this six months. Yes, six months, I believe. And uh, during that time, he wants to bring the queen out to show how Mm -hmm, beautiful she is. mm -hmm. She won't come out. Mm -hmm. And the princes are there of all the, and they say, you know, if she doesn't come out, it's going to be a problem for all the wives in the entire kingdom. Mm -hmm, There's going to be contempt everywhere. So the king accepted the suggestion from one of the nobles and deposed the queen. Yes. So Vashti lost her queenship. Mm -hmm. And then it says at the beginning of chapter two that when his anger had subsided, the king actually remembered Vashti. Mm. And now he doesn't have his beautiful wife anymore. Mm -hmm. So they suggested to him to go out and get the beautiful virgins throughout the provinces, be brought to the king. and, And eventually in the seventh year, Esther was made the queen. That's, that's a, a sh- short story. <laughs> that's amazing, isn't it, that there would be some kind of arrangement like that, even that Esther would be made queen uh, at that point. Yeah, and she never made known that she was a Jew. Yes. And so this is the plot thickens there. Uh, Mordecai, her cousin, who actually became her foster father because mm-hmm. Esther's parents died. Mm-hmm. And so he told her, don't mention your race. Mm-hmm. So she never did. Mm-hmm. And I like how it also says she did 
as she always had done, mm. what Mordecai told mm-hmm. her. You could see there was a real submissiveness. Yes. She always did right. what Mordecai told her. Right. And anyway, so eventually uh, Mordecai has the second in command in the whole kingdom is Haman. Mm. And the Agagites were enemies of God. This was the race that God told Saul to kill, mm. and he didn't do it. So these were the enemies of God, mm. and Haman was there continuing this line as an enemy Eventually, they wanted to kill the entire race of Jews right. because Haman didn't like Esther's foster father, yes, Mordecai. Mordecai right. So eventually, uh, you see Esther making the appeal to the king, the king then preserving the Jews, mm-hmm. and it ends up in a wonderful situation where God's people are preserved. But in the whole book, it never mentions the name of God. It's very interesting, isn't it? And that's why Witness Lee calls this the hiding God. Yes. In a secret way. Yes. But eventually with an open salvation. Yes. Marvelous. Well, Dennis, why don't we go to uh, Witness Lee for the life study, and then we'll come back for some more fellowship. This book gives us a vivid record of how the hiding God of Israel took care secretly of his oppressed elect in their dispersion, and save openly his persecuted elect in their captivity. The very God who chose Israel, the descendants of Abraham, as his elect, after he gave them into captivity in the Gentile nations, this God became a hidden God to take care of them secretly and save them openly, yet still in secrecy. (laughs) An open salvation carried out in secrecy. So Isaiah 45, 15 says, O Jehovah, you are the hiding God. This is the reason that this book does not mention the name of God. A book in the Bible would not mention the name of God, even at occasions when the name of God should be mentioned in verses 4, 3, and 16. In those two verses, there were two occasions should the name of God should be mentioned. Yet, it was not a mention, because this book shows us a hidden God. Okay? Now, the sections of this book, firstly, the secret care of the hidden God for his elect in their dispersion. The first section. The second, the open salvation of the hiding God in secrecy to his elect in their captivity. Very clear. Two sections. Well, we got into a lot of details at the beginning of the program, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Now let's take a step back, look at the bird's eye view in these two sections. Mm-hmm. First is the secret care of the hiding God for his elect in their dispersion. Mm. And the second section of this book is the open salvation of the hiding God in secrecy 
to his elect in their captivity. Although Esther is the only book in the Bible that does not mention God, and that's striking in itself, it's very obvious when you read the book of Esther that God is there mm-hmm. bringing this open salvation. That's amazing, Matt. Uh, what I appreciate about a Brother Lee's intrinsic point here is these two words, or the same word in these two sentences, is the hiding God. And I believe without this thought and without this view of the secret care of the hiding God and of God's open salvation of the hiding God in secrecy, the book of Esther is merely just a good story. Of course, it's so good that the book of Esther is written there in the Old Testament. We appreciate it. We all love Esther. Any reader uh, would love the story. But to see the significance and the meaning is that there is God hidden, which means that in all of God's activities with his people, we should never doubt that God is there. We may not see him physically. We may think that he should be here, he should be doing this, but actually he is a hiding one, always caring and always there ready to take care of his people. It is really a marvelous thought here. And it's a big point that we see in the first section of the book. Yes. And then in the second section of the book, you see the open salvation. I mean, the story really ends with a tremendous salvation. What was meant for the harm of God's people yes. ended up being not only the salvation of God's people, mm. but the writing was in 474 B.C. Mm. You know, that's the writing of the time of Esther. It's actually the last of the 13 books of history mm. in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And the two books of history right before that, which we've just covered, the recovery books, mm-hmm. are Ezra and Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. But in sequence, those two books really come right after Esther. Right. The Very open salvation that yes. came in the book of Esther at yes. the end yes. is right before the time of recovery. That's amazing. When the God's people come out of the mm-hmm. captivity. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go on now, Dennis, and, and let's get into, into a few more of the details of this beautiful story with Witness Lee. Firstly, this hiding God established a top team in the gentle world in prosperity, power, and glory over a great empire extending from India to Ethiopia in the east of Africa. That great empire. God established a king there. For what? Nobody knew. One day, God caused the top king to depose his queen. This is one thing probably never happened in history. Depose his queen because of a small thing. He had a banquet with all his high officials. He liked to show to them his queen. And he asked the queen to come. And the queen would not come. Disobeyed. Then due to this, the queen got deposed, fired. (laughs) So this made a vacancy there. Okay, this hiding God carried out the secret care of what he he liked in their dispersion by raising up a Jewish orphan. Orphan virgin, little girl, 
to be crowned by the top king as his queen. Who did this? You will read the story. The story is very sweet. And this queen secretly did something to save the king from being assassinated. There was a time of this king, two of his eunuchs conspired to kill him. But the news went to Mordecai. And Mordecai reported to the king. And that saved the king. You see, there was such a record. What an arrangement, Dennis, that God sovereignly made to bring Mordecai, who was at the gate of the king, into the hearing of two assassins. Mm-hmm. Mordecai would tell Esther, and then Esther would tell the king about this assassination. He would discover it really is true, and once he discovers it, the two assassins are hanged, and Esther did it in the name of Mordecai. Yes. Therefore, it was written in the records yes. that Mordecai was the one. Yes. Not a small thing. Yes, it really isn't. You can see how it's all arranged. It's like a divine plot uh, that is going on here, and all the pieces of the puzzle are being put together uh, to consummate and to conclude at the end of the book of Esther. I appreciate at the very beginning Matt, in the introduction, you had mentioned that the story of the book of Esther is to keep a people for the possessing of the Holy Land, for the kingdom, for the coming kingdom of Christ. If the Jewish population at that time would have been eliminated, then where would the God's people be today? Without God's people, even if you have a Holy Land there, who could possess it? And so through this secret care of the hiding God, we can see God actually not only took care of Esther, not only took care of Mordecai, but took care of the entire Jewish race for his purpose, that eventually his people could possess the land and eventually Christ could be brought in. It's really marvelous to see this uh, heavenly and divine view. If the Jews had been destroyed, which is what Satan's plot through Haman was to do, yes, yes. then there would not have been a recovery no. in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah right. because there would have been no Jews to come back to the right. good land. Amazing. And it's not just a good story. Mm-hmm. There's a meaning to, behind yes. this that applies to us today. Yes. God is a hiding God. Yes. In your situation, wherever you are today, right. God is there. Yes. He's there as the hiding God. Don't think God is not with you in your circumstance. Right. He's right. there. He's the hiding God, and he will bring, eventually, yes. an open salvation yes. over the enemies. That's marvelous. And this is God's promise to all his people. You know, at one uh, point of the story I'm going to mention before we go to the conclusion here, Dennis, was that Mordecai had coordinated with Esther mm-hmm. to go to the king to overturn Haman's plot. And she was doing this at the risk of her life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you have to yes. read the story. Yes. But eventually she went to him. And that night, for some reason, of course, it was the secret hidden yes. God, yes. came and would not allow the king to sleep. Yes. At the very night, a critical moment. And so then at that time... He tell read to me, and he was read from the records and mm-hmm. was told there was someone named Mordecai mm-hmm. who saved your life. And the king says, what did we do special for him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, nothing was done. Well, we've got to do something special mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. And just at that moment at night when he mm-hmm. couldn't sleep, 
Haman was coming to him to ask for Mordecai to be hung. Right. right. And what timing. It's yes. just an incredible yes, yes. timing. And then at that point, anyway, I encourage all the listeners to read it. We're not going to go <laughs> into that. Let's go on to the final section of the life study of Esther with some more intrinsic analysis of this very important book. The story of this book is a crucial hidden point for the fulfillment of God's calling. This to fulfill God's calling to Abraham for a land, a seed, that means a people, and the blessing to all the nations. It is also for the fulfillment of the promise through Moses that after God gave Israel into captivity, God would still take care of them. There was such a promise in Deuteronomy. It is also for the fulfillment of the prayer of Solomon on the day of the dedication of the temple that God would take care of his elect in their captivity. It is also for the keeping of the lineage of the genealogy of Christ that Christ may be brought into the human race. In case all the Jews will cut off, there is no lineage of Christ's genealogy to bring Christ into humanity. It's also to keep a people for the possessing of the Holy Land for the coming kingdom of Christ, even though the return captivity was in a small number. Yet still, that is God's elect to possess at least a small piece of the land of the church. And that small piece means a lot because the entire world, the earth, the globe, was usurped by Satan. It seemed that there was not one inch left for God So, at this kind of time, God was called the God in heaven. If you go back to Genesis, you see Abraham talked to God in this way, the God in heaven and earth, because Abraham was there, representing God to occupy at least a small spot of the land. That small spot is the base of God's kingdom on this earth. But this good land was also taken by the Gentiles under the instigation of Satan. By this, Satan had usurped even this little piece of land of God on this earth. Now, God brought back a part of that captivity Jerusalem for a base that Christ will come back to establish the kingdom of God. Dennis, let's wrap up today's life study by talking about this final thought that God needed this small piece of land for the establishing of his kingdom on the earth and how that applies to us today. 
Yes, Matt, this is a very interesting point. We see that if without this small piece of land, the Lord would have no way to come in his first coming. So this was actually beyond the human eyes. This was the real battleground. Uh, it is not just this took place or this didn't take place. The real focus and the real intrinsic meaning is that without this land and without the people to possess the land, the coming of Christ in his first coming would not have been there because there would be no population, no Jewish race left. And so through this example of Esther, we can see that God did something in secret in a hidden way to preserve not only his people, but also to preserve his purpose. Our God is not just a hiding God and a God who's doing things behind the scene, but our God is a purposeful God. Once he establishes, once he commits himself to his purpose, that will be finally fulfilled. So it's marvelous in this way. You know, Dennis, I've got the life study Mm -hmm. of Esther in my hand, the Mm -hmm. printed version, and I'm going to give the phone number at the end in case the listeners would like to get a copy of the printed life study because it's hard to keep up sometimes with the way we talk on the radio, you know. But I wanted to mention to the listeners quickly that this life study is available on the Internet. Mm. If they go to www.lsm.org, there's a section on our website that lists the life studies. Yes. And it has this printed life study there. Yes. And so if you don't have the printed copy... You can get it, but if you don't get it, you can still read the information and get into these details. And one of the details I wanted to get into was this matter. He mentioned that God needed to do this for several reasons, and one of them was his promise to Moses. Yes. And in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 27 through 31 is what he just mentioned. God had to preserve his people because he promised it through Moses in Deuteronomy 4, 27 through 31. But it starts out in 27... Jehovah will scatter you among the peoples. Mm. And then skipping down to verse 30, when you are in distress and all these things happen to you, when you are in the last days, you will return to Jehovah your God and listen to his voice. Mm. For Jehovah your God is a compassionate God. He will not fail you nor let you perish nor forget the covenant with your fathers, which he swore Mm, to them. mm. So he had to do this. That's marvelous. He had to preserve his people. Right. Anyway, I just thought it's really quite an amazing story that we're touching today. Yes. And, uh, you know, Dennis, you mentioned before the program uh, this matter of the hidden God and how it applied to today. Yeah, I, I just thought about this, Matt, as I was on driving on the way here, that our God's divine nature is really hidden. And it reminded me of Matthew chapter 6, where we have the portion that our Father, who is in secret. Number one, Father just implies that one who is caring. Our God is our Father. As regenerated believers and as sons of God, we really have God as our Father, not as a title, but in reality. And this father is a real caring one, but he is in secret. So everything in Matthew chapter 6 at the beginning of that chapter that the Lord tells us is to do things in secret because this matches the heavenly divine life that we have received. Our giving, our offering should be done in secret. The Father sees in secret. We pray to the Father in secret. We have some secret enjoyment of him. We have some secret answer from him. Everything is done in a secret way. Public exhibition is not even mentioned, is not allowed with 
the kingdom people in Matthew chapter 6. So I just appreciate that one application is that as we contact the Father in secret in our private room, which is really today our human spirit regenerated by the Spirit, when we contact the Father in such a way, we have some secret experiences and enjoyment of Him. And then the Father, He can also answer in secret. So this corresponds, and this is a characteristic of His divine life that has entered into us. Thanks, Dennis. And I can't help compare that to the haughty Haman, who Mm -hmm. just was the epitome of Mm -hmm. boastfulness. Mm -hmm. Dennis, thanks for coming in for this special radio program. Thank you so much. And thank you also for joining us. Uh, Stay with us. Tomorrow we're going to continue in these recovery books as we go on to Haggai and Zechariah, the prophets that were supporting the recovery books of Ezra and Nehemiah during that same time period of of encouragement. Uh, So you want to get your uh, Bible out and read those to prepare if you want to stay with us and be ahead. Uh, If you'd like to get the printed materials, the life studies or any other materials, our book catalogs, call us at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. On behalf of Dennis Agashi, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening. In both the first and last book of the Bible, God presents himself to man as the tree of life. Throughout the Bible, God is portrayed as food for man to eat and life for man to enjoy. In the tree of life, Witness Lee presents a view of God's heart that is little understood and seldom experienced by Christians today, revealing that it is God's desire that we receive Christ experience Christ, and enjoy Christ as our moment-by-moment supply. The Tree of Life from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.